Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What's good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to your daily dose of the Must Read Alaska podcast. Thank you so much for joining with me today. It's been a beautiful Thursday, overcast, a little warm. It's not terribly cold by Alaskan standards, but thank you for joining with me. It's a pleasure to have you here with me this afternoon. Before we get started, we got some news to talk about, and you're going to see that we're going to be talking about something very specific when it comes to national and federal news. But before we get there, I just want to thank our listeners. We are very close to hitting 150 Apple Podcast reviews. And we just need you, if you haven't had a second, to take one and go ahead and give us a five-star review. And if you're one of those extra mile people, you know who you are. You can give us a written review as well. It takes a couple seconds to a minute. We read all of them and they have been overwhelmingly positive. So thank you so much for your continued support. Well, guys... Today I want to talk a little something different. We've been going through state, local, you know, even some federal news uh, as well. But I want to really focus on a couple different things. And if you go to mustreadalaska.com, you can find many of these articles there. And it's under the title on mustreadalaska.com, boom, Senator Sullivan leads Senate to knock down Biden vaccine mandate for businesses. As many of you know, we can go through a brief timeline here on September 9th. President Biden decided to announce this kind of max vaccine mandate for all private sector workers. And it, what it really did is it affected about 80 million of those workers here in the United States. Not to mention there were additional mandates to millions of federal and contract workers as well. The way that the administration kind of went around the red tape was to go right to a bureaucratic organization as OSHA to implement this mandate. And, and here's the deal. There was fines involved with this. So non-compliance wasn't just, hey, I'm not going to comply and you know what are you going to do about it? It was much more of a, uh, an offense that was conditioned by fines. So for not complying, if employers did not comply, they were fined over $13,000 for each offense. And if you willfully did it, meaning it wasn't an ax or an error or anything like that, you got fined $136,000 plus dollars as a penalty. Unbelievable. Okay, we've got to take a step back for this for a second. You have to understand, this gross overreach by the Biden administration, let's let's take for a second the fact that a lo- the courts have just started, just lost, this administration has taken loss after loss. They really have. The fact that this was actually in the repertoire of this administration tells you, as an American citizen, what this administration believes its power lies and where your power lies. Okay? The administration believes it has all the power and it should be gaining and implementing more of that power on the private citizen. As opposed to the private citizen having the power because, I don't know, I'm just a constitutionalist. You work for the people. You govern for the people. People elect you in there to do the will of the people, to make sure the will of the people is processed through, through the acts of government, through the acts of, of politics and, and legislation and all that. And yet, 
the Biden administration did not take that approach here. The Biden administration took the approach of we are going to grossly overreach our powers as an executive branch to dive into the private sector and mandate a ridiculous mandate on businesses that have no infrastructure set up to warrant this sort of number one mandate, number two standard for which they are going to be enacted. And then number three, if you don't set up this sort of brand new structure in a very limited amount of time, the actual retribution to that are, are ridiculous fines. So here we sit. We sit with this Biden administration making all these rules, rules using a, a bureaucratic arm here in OSHA to implement this stuff so they don't have to go through any elected officials. And what you've seen during this entire time is the court system looking at this and going, whoa, time out. Hold on. And the administration has taken loss after loss on this. But what that's done is it's culminated into what uh, Dan Sullivan, Senator Dan Sullivan from here from Alaska, uh, was really leading the charge on with Senator Mike Braun from Indiana, which was this Congressional Review Act. And so I'm going to read you a little bit about what happened here from the article. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan on Wednesday voted with all 49 Senate Republican colleagues and two Democratic senators to overturn Biden's unconstitutional vaccine mandate for businesses. Sullivan and Senator Mike Braun of Indiana used the Congressional Review Act to expedite the process for Congress to eliminate an executive branch rule. Sullivan and Braun's joint resolution, SJ Res 29, provides congressional disapproval of the rule submitted by the Department of Labor entitled COVID-19 Vaccine and Testing Emergency Temporary Standard, which would result in hundreds of thousands of Americans potentially losing their job. Now remember, this wasn't just in general business, but we saw this being enacted in the healthcare system, right? So these frontline workers who had been battling through COVID since the beginning of 2020, who exposed themselves and put themselves into the front line to save many lives, to help many people, were then told, if you don't take this vaccine, you're going to lose your job. I mean, talk about ungrateful. But that's where they were positioned. They were between a rock and a hot spot. And many of them had to decide between their career and, and financial income and stability to, uh, or, or a personal health choice. And that's what this administration did. And, and if you've been listening to me for a while, one of the main questions I have is if this executive order, which was supposed to be enacted by OSHA, again, remember, a bureaucratic arm, people in OSHA are not elected. What's going to happen if this thing is knocked down? What happens to those individuals who are wrongfully terminated from their employment based on a unconstitutional and unlawful executive order? Do, you, do, do private businesses and or the federal government open themselves to a multitude of wrongful termination cases? One has to wonder. One has to wonder. And then on top of that, again... The balls of this administration to think that people here would just go, you know what, we got to do it. To take away people's livelihood, to take away their income and their ability. Listen, you take away somebody's cheddar, they're going to come after you. Bottom line, don't mess with people's money. Just don't mess with people's money. Don't mess with people's livelihood. But the administration couldn't handle that. And one has to wonder, it really seems like this administration is trying to push 
large businesses, small businesses, medium-sized businesses to look overseas for the workforce as opposed to here in America because of these crazy laws and these crazy executive orders that are being enacted by this presidency that really, I mean, it, it, it wonders if they even know what's good for the American people at all. And as we'll talk about later, the polls in regards to re-election really show that the American people's trust in this administration is at an all-time low, and it's just continuing a freefall. Moving on, the House must also approve before the Biden administration can, excuse me, before the Biden mandate can be invalidated using the CRA method. Companion legislation, so along with the SJ Res 29, there was an HJ Res 65 in the House of Representatives, currently has 100, about 212 supporters, with every Republican, including Congressman Don Young, co sponsoring the resolution. Here's a quote from Senator Dan Sullivan. President Biden's unconstitutional vaccine mandate has been wreaking havoc on American businesses and hardworking families across the country, including in my state of Alaska. What's really funny is the Democratic Party forever has been running on two things. Okay? They've been running on two things. They've been running on the minority vote, and they've been running on middle-class families. And what I mean that is what I mean by that is they've been championing in, in their uh, campaigning, we're for the middle class and we're for the minorities here in America. The ironic thing is all legislation that they push, anything that they do, really is, is so detrimental to those two groups, period. Period. This vaccine mandate was absolutely detrimental to this group of people both the middle class and the minority here in America. Absolutely. And yet they're they're still championing this, you know, they're the they're the party of the middle class, the party of the minorities here in America. And that's just not true. Their legislation and what they put across in terms of legislation or what the presidency is is pushing out for executive orders actually says otherwise. And and I'm hoping people are starting to wake up from this. Wake up. Realize that you're being lied to. Realize that you're being lied to. Let's move on with this quote here. It's an issue my team and I hear about from my constituents on a daily basis, said Senator Dan Sullivan. I'm glad to see a bipartisan majority of U.S. senators standing up today for hardworking Americans by rejecting this gross federal overreach from the Biden administration. These mandates are not supported by the Constitution or statute, a fact that courts keep reaffirming as they hand loss after loss to the president and his administration. Absolutely. 100% true. Not only that, but the reality is, is that Republicans in the Senate realize that if businesses, particularly the larger ones, that can really uh, create and, and, and fortify this, this sort of infrastructure overseas, they're going to ship jobs overseas where they don't have to deal with this stuff. You think China cares? Do you think, do you, do you think Taiwan or Thailand or the Philippines, you think they care about making sure all their citizens are vaccinated? Do you think they care of businesses? No. They don't. So where are they going to go? They are going to just move businesses, move infrastructure, move jobs overseas. And you know who suffers? Lower middle class, minorities. Remember? The Democratic Party who said they care about you is deciding to do the most harm to you. 
Come on. And don't sit here and say, well, we got the infrastructure bill. We're pouring billions and trillions of dollars into the into United States and in infrastructure. Great. I'm glad there's going to be a nice shiny road that nobody could drive on because nobody can afford gas. Nobody can afford to buy a car. Nobody has money to do either of those two things. Come on. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And here we stand once again as this administration continues to tear down America. Let's continue on with the quote. In 2020, Congress and President Trump worked in a bipartisan way on an agreement that we would provide relief to American businesses on the condition they keep their employees. Huh. Now Joe Biden is taking a sledgehammer to the employer-employee connection, firing hardworking Americans who have made the personal choice not to get vaccinated not only undermines the significant work Congress and the Trump administration did to save millions of jobs during the pandemic, it also exasperates the workforce shortage employers are already facing listen if you're anywhere i'm just going to take anchorage because that's where i live look at the fast food industry alone look at the door when you walk in how many of them say one of nine things i'm gonna just do three ready to employ at all positions server cook runner hostess whatever having to close early due to lack of uh employment I mean, those two things alone are almost on every door when it comes to restaurants. Almost every door. I see it all the time. Absolutely. But no, no, no. What we want to do is we want to put more burden and pressure on organizations. How the heck is a Red Robin supposed to set up an infrastructure to test every day, every week their employees or face a $13,000 plus fine? How are they supposed to set up that infrastructure? What kind of dumb, idiotic thing did this administration think was going to happen? Not to mention the vast overreach of this executive branch has, is, is mind-boggling. To think that when you mess with people's money, that they're not going to come around and go, wait a minute, I don't think so. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Well, no single file, the, the, the reality is this. The Biden administration is completely in a free fall right now. And, and just to make matters worse for this administration, there was an INA, excuse me, an INI, TIPP poll that looked at what Americans in a variety of different demographics, I mean, we have overall, then we have it broken out to Democrats versus Republicans and independents, conservatives, moderates, and liberals, Okay. And this question was, do you want to see, who do you want to see run for president on the Democratic ticket in 2024? Okay. So it's not an approval rating thing per se, but it does show the, the trust in this current administration or lack thereof. At the top of the list is Joe Biden. You think, wow, Joe Biden, top of the list, great deal. Well, actually not so much. Joe Biden's at the top of the list of potential candidates running in 2024, but really, most people were not sure. So 31% of those polled said they were not sure who they wanted to run on the Democratic ticket in 2024. Next was Joe Biden at a whopping 22%. 22%, and you're saying, well, Scott, that includes Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Conservatives, Moderates, and Liberals. Okay. 
let's play that game. You break down the demo, you break down the, the data further. Only 37% of Democrats that were polled wanted Joe Biden to run a, on the ticket in 2024. 34% of liberals wanted him to run. So let's look at next. Well, Joe Biden, who, who would be next? Well, obviously next would be Kamala Harris, right? If Joe Biden, I mean, he's already got some health issues. Wouldn't we want Kamala Harris next? Kamala Harris is running at 12% overall. As a matter of fact, she's only got 16% of the Democrats that were polled want her to run in 2024 on the, as a president on the Democratic ticket. 11% of those are liberals. Next is Pete Buttigieg. And then, of course, you've got your, your fun individuals, right? So Ocasio-Cortez has 3%. Elizabeth Warren has 3%. Joe Kennedy has 3%. Stacey Abrams has 3%. Cory Booker has 2 Amy Kluber, uh, I can't even say her last name. The senator from Minnesota, 2%. Gavin Newsom has 2%. Michael Bennett, senator from Colorado, 2%. I mean, it goes on and on down to 1%. And then other is 6%. And again, not sure, it's 31%. So you have 31% of the overall individuals polled said they're unsure. Versus between Joe and Kamala, it's 34%. Just barely edging out the not sure. This is a major blow to this administration. It is shockingly low at just how bad this administration looks in the eyes of its own party. Again, Joe Biden overall, all those polled said 22% would like to see him run on the, as president for the Democratic ticket. 12% they'd like to see Kamala Harris run as the president for the Democratic Party on the 2024 ticket. Let's break those two down. Those who identify as Democrats that were polled said 37% would want Joe Biden as a president on the Democratic ticket in 2024. 16% said Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is so toxic right now. She's Chernobyl. She really is. And Joe's not that far behind. It really isn't. But this just goes to show you how ridiculously out of touch and how sad this administration already is in less than a year. And you're thinking, well, could it go down even further? I'm sure it can. But here's the thing, people. It's not even a year into the administration yet, and you already have these poll numbers that are absurdly low. It is bad. Re-election currently right now shows that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are practically toxic. They are. They're practically toxic. And that more people are unsure on who they want to see as the president on the Democratic ticket. Or those who want to run for president on the Democratic ticket. Most people are unsure than to have Joe Biden and or Kamala Harris as that individual who would run for president in 2024. That's bad. And making matters worse, we all know that we've had this discussion of what's in the PRO Act, right? Well, on mustreadalaska.com, Suzanne wrote an article, the PRO Act may not pass the Senate, but Democrats are cramming parts of it into Build Back Better Act, which has a chance. Listen, this Build Back Better Act is, is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And what's, what's beginning to happen 
is you're starting to see a huge weight being levied on the private sector, a massive weight being levied on the private sector by none other than crazy regulations. I'm serious. Out white, just absolute crazy regulations. Let's read from the article here. Conservatives who thought the anti-business, anti-freedom pro act was dead in the Senate are now seeing it rise from the grave inside the Build Back Better Act. A massive spending and taxation plan that Biden is championing, which would remake America into a socialist nation. Absolutely. The amount of money that they, it's absurd. The amount of debt that's being accrued in this country is ridiculous. The PRO Act, according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, would undermine workers' rights, ensnare employers in unrelated labor disputes, disrupt the economy, and force Americans to pay union dues. At least one element of the PRO Act that has made its way into the Build Back Better, <clears throat> it's the new civil penalties to be levied on employers who commit intentional or unintentional something the government deems an unfair labor practice by any infraction that the National Labor Relations Board might consider fine-worthy. So there are going to be penalties that will be levied on employers, regardless of intent, regarding unfair labor practices. So here we go again. Folks, if you can't figure this out right now, the administration has done this. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and just levy... Numerous fines create such tension between employer-employee relations and create a hostile work environment just through federal regulations so that, so that we push businesses out of this country. That's certainly what it feels like. The suggestion fines are enormous for businesses of any size, between $50,000 and $100,000 per offense even to scare the mom-and-pop employers in Alaska who don't have the ability to hire lawyers to protect them. Remember when the Anchorage municipality decided to start levying fines on businesses that didn't close? Yeah, that was a microcosm of what the federal government is trying to do right now. It, and this is going to have a devastating economic impact. And you don't trust me. Listen, George Washington University economists... Dana, I can't even say, I can't even, Diana uh, Frutgad-Roth, I think that's how you say it, imposing new civil penalties would end up losing revenue for the federal government because some companies would move operations offshore while others would hire fewer U.S.-based workers and avoid expansion to remain under the radar of fine, happy regulators. That would lead to the erosion of revenues for the U.S. Treasury. Again, you have economists saying to you, what the heck are you doing? You are creating such an imposition on businesses here in America that they're going to move elsewhere. But if you think about it, that's what this administration has been all about. It's been hanging the American people on the government, relying on government outreach, handouts, subsidies, and it feels like every business is being looked at as an enemy from this administration. That the idea is to push out, again, middle class workers. Workers that are, you know, the highest at risk at times, minority workers. Pushing them out 
with these heavy laden fines based on whether they, there was intention or un, not intention. It's crazy. The proponents of the measure say it will increase the tax base, right? So people that are like, hey, this will increase tax base. Absolutely. But again, this economist from the George Washington University says that's absolutely false. The reduced economic activity and consummate decline in tax revenues would surpass the $39 million the Congress Budget Office estimates over 10 years of revenue generated from increased civil penalties for unfair, unfair labor practices. The provision would also disadvantage small businesses, middle class, which typically make more unintentional errors because they do not have the human resource department or the legal expertise of larger corporations. Again, this, this has the eye of middle class, screw you. Right? The party that says they're all about the middle class now is saying, screw you. Example. For instance, right? Employer makes a mistake in an employee handbook or even tells employees not to use certain language on the job site. That could bring heat from the National Labor Relations Board, according to this economist. Former Deputy Assistant Secretary for Research and Technology at the U.S. Department of Transportation and an adjunct professor of economics at George Washington University. So this, this individual, this Fruktgott Roth, this economist from George Washington University is saying, listen, you have no idea. You are, you are essentially putting out snares everywhere for small businesses where they're trapped. We continue on. Another aspect now inserted into the Build Back Better Act is an outright gift to labor unions. This is from the mustreadalaska.com article. In the section, a purchase of an electronic or electric car from a company like Honda, which is headquartered offshores, would earn the buyer a $7,500 tax credit. So it would earn them a $7,500 tax credit. But if that person buys an electric vehicle from GM or Ford, that, track tra that tax credit will go up to about 12500 GM and Ford are unionized, while Honda and other foreign-based auto firms, including Mercedes, are not. There you go. Buy from the unions, get a higher tax credit. Buy from those who are ununionized, get a lower tax credit. Why is that even a thing? It's abs Guys, here's the bottom. I'm not even going to read on because I, I think you're getting the point here. The point is this. This administration who is, has campaigned on during the election cycle, we're for middle America. We are for those who are the most uh, at most risk. Whatever you want to say, whatever lie they threw out there, just know you were duped. And I think by the poll we talked about earlier, you see that. 22% want Biden to be on the ticket for re-election as the president in 2024. 12% want Kamala Harris to go up as the candidate for president in 2024. This idea that President Biden is doing great things, that he's building back better, is a load of horse crap. And, and it is so obvious in the legislation that is being pushed or introduced that he is it out for small businesses, medium-sized businesses, middle class, and the minority groups in this country. Because if he did have those people in his best interest, the stuff he's pushing out, the crap 
he's pushing out would not even touch the, the House floor, let alone the Senate. It's so obvious. And listen, if you have buyer's remorse, just know that you traded a guy whose policies were pro-American, who were pro-the worker, who increased employment for all minority groups, increased the American pocketbook, who gave jobs, who helped those bring those jobs from offshore out of country back to America, helped increase manufacturing. But you were mad at him because he didn't tweet right. And again, I'm making a generalization, but come on. And, and to this day, nobody can explain to me how Joe Biden received over 81 million votes, the largest ever, when, when he was the vice president for Barack Obama in 2008, when Barack was campaigning. At the time, Barack had the most amount of votes ever as a presidential candidate is over 68 million. Joe Biden had over 12 million more votes. You have got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. There's no way. I cannot believe people would do that. I just can't believe people would do that. I could be wrong. It just blows my mind. But listen, this affects Alaska. This affects the healthcare industry. This affects small business. Listen, there are, there are businesses that are not going to be set up to handle this sort of thing. Whether it's all these minor little things that are being thrown out of the PRO Act and into the Build Back Better Act, or it's the fact that you know Senator Sullivan and a group of brave senators, both Republican and a couple Democrat, decided we're not going to allow Biden's vaccine mandate to deteriorate the economy. That's already seeing inflation. We're not going to let that happen. Things have got to change. This administration has got to get under control and we have got to look at how to course correct the economy, how to get back to energy independence and not relying on foreign oil, but to actually use and allow states like Alaska to explore and mine and, and drill and, and, and garner its natural resources for economic viability of said state, but also for relief for the country. We've got to be better at supply chain management. We've got to be better at getting things imported into the country. This is ridiculous. Freaking 18 months ago, this wasn't an issue. And now look what's going on. Guys, we've got to be better. All right. Well, I'm off my soapbox. Today was a little bit of a different day. But, I mean, this is absolutely absurd. And it's only going to get worse. And listen, we have got to ensure that our senators and our representatives both local, state, and federal, are, are working to ensure that people in our community, whether it's lower class, middle class, have opportunity and are not going to be bound by this craziness. Like, great. Again, you can tell me all you want about the infrastructure bill and how it's going to pour billions of dollars and create jobs uh, here in Alaska. And I understand that. And that's great for the short term. But remember... Nice shiny roads are great, but if there's nobody on them, who gives a rip? The economic viability of this state is tourism, it's fishing, and it's oil and gas. That's not changing. All right, I'm done. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining with me today. If you haven't had a chance, go like us on Facebook. We're trying to get to 25,000 likes before the end of the year. Go ahead and go to YouTube and follow us. 
or subscribe to us actually and hit the notification bell so you get all our great content. Also, we're on MeWe, Twitter, Parlor, Rumble, all under the same handle, which is Must Read Alaska One Word. Guys, thank you so much for joining with me today. Hopefully, you enjoyed our show. And until tomorrow, take care, Alaska. Yeah.